0: I'll take going to the gym and, and drinking whiskey over whatever the fuck it is you're doing. That would be seen as, as mean, wouldn't it? Isn't
1: that very self-serving for yourself since that happens to be your workout routine? Yeah. Whiskey, whiskey <laughs> and 20 minutes on the treadmill. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing worse than going to donate sperm and being turned away. That's just like, yeah, that really hurts your confidence. Like, can I
0: just jerk off here anyway?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I see you have some magazines. There's naked Taylor Swift. There's naked Donald Trump. He had, like, his wife naked next to Ray J. And he
0: obviously Na- jerked off on all of them. Oh, I, there's... Before and after. Th-
1: let's put it this way. You can't return him to the wax figurine
0: <laughs> shop after what he did to them?
1: Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Juergen. As always, i flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt is exhausted after a 72 hour self pleasuring marathon with photos of Cal State Fresno professor Randa Jara. You see that lady? Randa Jara? No, I don't know her. She's the. Well, then this joke's not going to work as quite as well. <laughs> Let me finish the joke, though. I'll explain to you who she is. Uh, says Matt, it's the controversial Barbara Bush comments that draw you in, but the expansive back fat and tattoos that keep you locked and loaded. She's that uh, obese uh, Fresno State professor who, when Barbara Bush died, called and said she was a, glad she died because she was a horrible racist and raised Nazi children.
0: Yeah, which is probably true, but um,
1: I know, didn't mind. A, very
0: uncouth, the timing.
1: Yeah, actually, I, I don't mind that. It's a very shock jock kind of the type of thing to like jump on a, a, like a dead, dead revered woman right away. But then I read about it. Well, first of all, she's a very, very, very unattractive woman with tattoos all over her body. And that's one problem I had with her. But the bigger problem was I started reading her writings. So she's a Muslim American. She, was, she looks angry. Yes. She's a large, a large, tatted up, like visible tats on her body, uh, tenured a writing professor at Fresno State, creative writing professor at Fresno State. And so she's hit that niche of, like, the uh, Muslim-American writer where she can write stuff about being a Muslim-American woman. And, like, everything she writes has to be covered, and, uh, you know, to a great extent. But, well, that's okay, folks here at Rocco's. But uh, her last piece was in Slate where she talked about how white women should not be allowed to belly dance because it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> and that's when I fell off the way. That's when I decided I hated her. Just white women? Well, any non any <laughs> non Muslim women should not be allowed to belly dance because belly dancing is a, a cultural phenomenon of the her, of her people. Well, then she shouldn't be able to drive a car. Uh, I don't think she can fit into a car, so that may not be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, like I said, I didn't mind. I don't mind someone jumping on the Barbara Bush was the Nazi or whatever you know bandwagon an hour after she's just gone cold because <laughs> I get that like. You know, that's the, kind of, that's the world we live in, right? You and I might say something like that just to get attention. <laughs> so uh, I have a friend who once a year, every year on uh, MLK's uh, ber- birthday, says nasty shit about MLK <laughs> just every year. Jesus. Just, just as a joke. I mean, he it doesn't even believe it. Is that guy just trying to implode his career? Or- <laughs> no, it's just, it's just like his annual tradition, just to be uh, fucking anti. He just doesn't even believe it, but just, be, just to be funny, try to be funny because <laughs> he knows he'll get attention. It's really just to burn the people who get so reactionary to it. Uh, S- trolling was yeah, it, tro- yeah, it was like, he was like thinking like what's the most trolling thing I can do Just uh, he'll go on at Martin Luther King's holiday and say like MLK Jr. was kind of an asshole <laughs> just like just to get 10,000 people to get angry about it just, and so that's kind of what she was doing right I don't think she even knows why would you, bar- why'd you pick Barbara Bush as a woman of the Bush family you're going to pick on right uh, she's just trolling for attention and then she came back with like I'm tenured you can't fire me so fuck you and I'm not backing down. And then she doubled down, like on her website, with like more nasty shit. She just look at She's a troll. She's a consummate
0: troll who happens to be a tenured professor. at a I I mean, you can get fired from tenure. That one guy at University of Colorado got fired for being critical of uh, the U.S. response to 9/11. And he's like, "But I'm tenured." And they're like, "Yeah, well, you can't." It's it, like the one thing you can't say. Yeah, but if you're a Muslim, American, same with Bill Maher. If you're a
1: Muslim American woman, they can't fire you. They're not going to take you away your change. And by the way, if they did, you would become a folk hero. And she sells books. That's where she makes most of her money. So she, she could give a shit. She's not making a lot of money as a, as a creative writing teacher at Cal State. So she'd make a lot more money selling books. She writes books, and they sell fairly well within her market. Uh, anyhow, that, that masturbation joke it didn't really work since you said she didn't know she was. <laughs> next, next week, we'll bring it back. This week's Last Man on Earth podcast is sponsored by you, the fans. It's all new. You can now become a patron of the show on Patreon.com. Patreon.com forward slash Last Man on Earth.
0: It makes me so happy that you know the difference.
1: Yeah. I used to say uh, HTTP colon forward
0: slash forward slash WWW. We don't really need to enter that end. Doesn't it, your browser do that automatically? No, it, d- days, yeah. it does, yeah. But in the
1: old days, Matt, that's not when you're watching your 80s movies. Uh, so I want to thank, uh, thanks. listen to this list. Christina, Drew, David, Wooter. Miss Brown, Wooter from South Africa. All right, Wooter. Yes. yes Men, John, Tyler, and Jillian. New from this week. Last week we just had Gary. Now we have tons of patrons. So our Patreons. Because everything must be one letter different for the, for the internet so you can capture the domain. Uh, go to Patreon.com. Become a patron of Last Man Earth. There's going to be some really cool new stuff. We'll have the videos of Matt uh, pleasuring himself to ran a <laughs> She'd probably actually... I could see you and her hitting off pretty well. Uh, patron, this is the best thing ever. So now we have uh, a, a multiple, uh, multiple numbers of patrons. So we've got a lot of responsibility here. So I'm going to try to swear less. If you wish to contact the show, just on Twitter, at Last Man Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on the show. Uh, Matt, I believe you were raised in a sex cult. Is that true? In Alaska. <laughs> Your parents bring you around to the uh, great northwest to be part of some weird thing like Olivia Wilde's parents in I- Italy. Or Tony's-
0: No, no. but there were, there were very strange families uh, that amassed like 10 to 12 children. Yes. And you just didn't want to go near their house. Like everyone kind of suspected something weird was going on. But Are you saying incest? Are you saying guns? What are you saying? I don't know white White, nat white nationalists. There were like naked families, and like there was just stuff that you didn't want to know about. There was one cult that collected teddy bears from the garbage dump, and they uh, somehow attached them to all the trees. Yes, and like they got they basically got all their clothing from the um, garbage dump, and they lived in makeshift. Community. There's some weird shit going on, not going to lie. That sounds like an EDM concert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that really does. Suck. That's a pretty lame cult. Yeah, I imagine cults. I mean, you gotta, if you're going to run a cult, you've got to go somewhere like you can't just be in the middle of the city. You've got to go somewhere outdoorsy, where people kind of leave you alone, where you live in a very live-and-let-live environment.
0: Yeah, I mean, Alaska would probably be your best option if you're starting a cult. But, you know, there's a lot of space in the Pacific Northwest, so you can kind of blend in. It's cold, though. If you're going to be nude, it's cold. I I wouldn't think Alaska's the place you want to go. Like, New Mexico
1: seems like a better idea. Yeah, I guess so. uh, So Allison Mack of Smallville. I've never seen the show Smallville before, but I know it was very popular. Yeah, I remember it being
0: on. I never watched it, but...
1: I don't like shows when they take like tell different story, more human stories about superheroes. The mundane like backstories of these superheroes, right? Because I always think like, why why make it a superhero then? I don't want to make a superhero at all. Uh, also, they as Alice and Mack shows on those shows, they never have really hot girls. They always have very relatable girls, which I don't like to watch shows like that. I'm gonna turn on my TV to watch girls that I could get. <laughs> I want I want I want like skinny, super skinny, hot model looking chicks like they have on the CW. Like every vampire show they have? Well, they're not usually very good actresses, though. No, they're not. But but small, Who gives a shit? So Allison Mack is part of this. Uh, there was this cult run by a guy named Keith Ranieri, uh, I think is his name. He called this cult NXIVM. I don't know what that meant. Yeah. He created like this self-help, uh, meditation, uh, self-empowerment group, basically for young actresses, for struggling young actresses. And it turned out to be like a multi-layer marketing-type operation. Except instead of money, they were recruiting more people for this group, and I don't think he was making money from the group. But he did in his spare time start the sex cult in the in the back room. He's a
0: L.A. Los Angeles based yeah. guy. Yeah,
1: he was like a, an acting coach. He was like in and around Hollywood as an acting coach. You know, the only thing uh, that requires less credentials than a career coach is an is an acting coach.
0: Well, I would listen to Meryl Streep, you know, give me some advice, but I don't. Not she's a not guy. Teaching. She's not teaching. Yeah, she's not teaching. I mean, the dude doesn't even have any credits, does he? How is he teaching acting? Do you ever, have you seen the uh, HBO show Barry yet? Uh, I saw one episode. Yeah, uh, the, one of the later episodes. Uh, 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 what's his name? The
1: Fonz, who plays the acting coach. I was calling the Fonz. I forget his name. <laughs> Henry uh, Winkler. Yeah, Henry Winkler, and he's like you know, he, everyone bows down to him as a great acti- as a great acting coach. You see him later on going for his own auditions for some shitty one line <laughs> part and he's just not very good. It's <laughs> just like he gets very treated like shit. He's just like you know, he's a struggling actor himself and it's really kinda it's really kinda sad. But when he teaches they all look revere him as a great as a great actor with a method.
0: Well, yeah, I mean all you got to do is pick a, apart people that are really insecure with yes. what they're doing. Yes. So, yes. It, it's almost like being in a in a college English class like you could you could deconstruct anything if you wanted to, but
1: Yeah, you bring people you yell at people a lot, bring them way down and then they do one thing you tell them how great they are and make them feel good again. Right. Which basically is like running a cult, which this guy did. So he would pick, uh, he had Al- this guy had Allison Mack from Smallville. You need one legit lady to sort of front your cult. Uh, hooking in all these out-of-work actors like, oh, Allison Mack, she's on Smallville. She wants me to join her group, her special group. It sounded like Scientology. You get recruited in. The first couple times, they do some, like, breathing exercises, some meditation, positive thoughts thing. Next thing you know, you're, like, in northern Mexico uh, having sex with the cult, sex
0: with the cult leader, <laughs> weaving, weaving jewelry, or making Jade jewelry, and you can't, and you can't leave. Where did he find these women? I mean, where did she? Where did they find these women? He had a uh, basically
1: like an acting group, like a more of a motivational acting group for actresses, like self help, like improve your psychology, feel better. So I think he
0: just got the one chick with a good TV credit, and all these other girls just followed. He had along. a couple, uh,
1: two or three with uh, t- legit TV credits. Mm-hmm. She had the most. There were some other people that actually were working on shows as teenagers, mostly. Uh, they could point to credits on IMDb and people could look them up. And they would recruit these girls into uh, this cult. Basically, it was like, you know, come learn. You'll be a better actress. Keith is amazing. You'll learn all stuff. You'll get roles like I did. And next thing you know, you're having, you know, Keith is a fucking barebacking you. <laughs> and, and your name has been changed to uh, Rainbow Sunshine Sex Slave. <laughs> and he was, by the way, was branding uh, the girls pubic areas with his sign. Never a good, never, a good, never a good idea.
0: Yeah, if you find yourself getting branded, you've <laughs> you get like that's, yeah, that's when you know you've made a mistake yes. and it's time to quit. <laughs> your pubes are being,
1: well, your pubic area is being shaved for a branding. That's <laughs> a. Although I could see that totally catching up as a hipster thing in Hollywood. <laughs> like, oh, wow, I heard this chick from Smallville has this. I'm getting, I'm getting one too. Uh, but here's my real question about this cult. Uh, uh, you and I were talking about this before the show started. Is this not the easiest thing in the world to do? I mean, you you always think of like like Jim Jones like after Jim Jones like he killed like 900 people in, in, in uh, Jonestown down in South Africa in South America it seemed remarkably easy what he did which is all you have to be is like a brooding guy who says things like speaks in haikus and takes these very vulnerable women and young people and sort of like Charles Manson did basically too make them, yeah. take, take the people to the lowest point in their life which is what struggling a young actor give them hope and they will basically do anything you ask them to do
0: yeah, it's. I mean, I feel like you gotta be. <laughs> By the way, we got to figure out the EuroLeague soccer <laughs> schedule. Uh, <laughs> it's been eight hours, and someone almost scored a goal. Uh, you got you, you got to do a lot of uh, postulating, like a lot of content. It doesn't have to be good, no, but you have to put in a lot of hours. Uh, you know, like you got to really want this. It's it's not a hobby to be a cult leader. It's a you lifestyle. Mean? Yeah. yeah, but you
1: get to live for free. You get to have sex with fifty different women, and a lot of them are rather attractive young ladies, because you got ac- young actresses
0: essentially. But then, don't you get arrested for? Well, he was
1: eventually invested by the fed- by the feds uh, for the sex trafficking. Sex cult itself is not a crime. Sex trafficking is and forced labor. And forced labor, apparently, you have to pay people who work for you. Slavery is no longer, no longer, no longer allowed. Huh. But is? It, do you think you or I? Uh, and even Brian, I think. Brian could start a good sex cult. He'd be like female hockey, r- roller hockey players. <laughs> I think, like, starting... A, if you committed yourself, I think, from this day, like, in 12 months, could you have a cult of, like, 40 women living in, like, Bismarck
0: somewhere, like, doing your bidding? I don't know. I can barely get 100 people to turn out to a comedy <laughs> show, so... Uh, you need a re- You definitely need, you need an Allison Mack.
1: You need a recruiter. You need, like, a, a legit-looking all-American girl who, like, is uh, earnest-looking... She brings them in, and then you keep them, and you keep them there, basically.
0: Well, there's no there's no data. Like we'll never know how many guys have tried this and failed, <laughs> or got together with another buddy and like here's our plan. You know, you do the social media stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the per, you know the personality. Well, you can look at Scientology as an as an example. Did pretty well. Well, he did very well, but I I don't know. I feel like guys are trying to do this. Um, all the time and they can't even fuck one actress so maybe once you uh bed the one actress if you brainwash her then you can sort of start building up your your bullpen of chicks i think it's all
1: about thinking big i think if you think like i'm gonna nail one girl it's really hard but you think i'm gonna build a sex cult to 50 women it's a lot easier women are women are like like you said they're, they're very competitive yeah and they're very these are the most vulnerable women in the world which Reminds me about the Harvey Weinstein's of the world and all these other stories that have come out. I don't think people realize fully how vulnerable and stupid these young actresses are. Like how, you know, you could call them complicit, but they're almost too dumb to call complicit. <laughs> they're like, when well, like Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby or these other guys are inviting women up to their bedrooms like at night for meetings. They're going. It's just like they're going to these sex cults. It's like these women are so desperate and so, so naive in a way even though they know all the shit's going on, it's really like, it's just like, pick, it's easy pickage, right? It's low, this is all low-hanging fruit.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and you have to obviously be, however you diagnose it, some kind of psychopath or sociopath, but you also have to really want it. You know, like right now. You're if, too if, la- I think
1: you're too lazy to be a, a sex cult leader.
0: Well, yeah, because it's, sometimes it's just not worth the effort to try and you know bang all these random chicks, and, and now that's your life. I mean, you, you pretty much you know have dedicated all all of your time to keeping all these women in line, and um, you know now you're now you're breaking laws and stuff. Like if you said to me, you know if you if you go out and um, get laid today. I'll give you a billion dollars. You can't pay for it. You just have to go find some chick and yeah, hot chick and fucker. I could make that happen because I would have enough motivation. And I'm a pretty horny guy. But in general, you know, you just don't care that much unless there's something deeply wrong with you. I mean, man, I don't know, Matt, You sound fucking lazy, dude.
1: <laughs> you sound way too lazy to run a sex cult. Uh, I agree. Well, also, by the way, the best part the sex cult is. You, the leader, don't have to deal with all the chicks, right, in the downtime. You have the other lieutenants that are handling all the emotional problems and all the crying and all the other crap, right? They're just bringing, They're coming into your tent for the sex, and then, they're, lead, then they're, lead, they're being guided out.
0: I guess. I mean, I'm stressed out enough already. Like Knowing I could be brought in on human trafficking charges at oh, yeah, any exactly. moment would exactly. really take away a lot of the, the pleasure of the threesomes, I think. You're not nearly as fun as I thought you were, Matt. <laughs> I had
1: you pegged for a sex cult leader. Uh, it would be a great reality show, by the way. Could you start a sex cult?
0: Yeah, the I guy, just, you get 10 guys, you yes. know, you get the good-looking guy, the rich you know, businessman yeah. guy, uh, a bunch of other guys, and uh, whoever, you know, cultivates the biggest uh, cult yes. uh, wins. Yeah. Corey gets Feldman gets, would do it. Whoever gets the
1: most women to be sexually pliable and living on their ranch somewhere in the middle of nowhere wins i would totally watch that yeah show. i would totally watch that too now let's move on away from sex cults to lesbians mm. uh, i hope you're not too lazy to be a lesbian by the way there's a uh huge soccer game on today and by huge soccer game i mean i have no idea who's playing what the stakes are what the game what the game <laughs> what the game involves no only that nobody's actually scored there's been a massive amount of cheering, no one's actually scored uh, so, at some point Matt uh, uh I know you were protesting in the streets, but uh, lesbian women got married and started adopting children right uh, you were always on the uh, on the other side of the line my uh, uh, My son over the weekend went to an anti genocide rally okay and uh, I thought anti genocide rally in march I thought like who 's going to be on the other side like who 's going to be on the pro genocide side <laughs> like I thought of showing up myself and just carried a sign like Genocide isn't so bad. Give genocide a chance. Like, you know, like, I think for a protest march, there has to be someone on the other side. Like, you can't just protest. Like, I remember one time, like, uh, Bill Clinton when he was president said came out with a strong statement that he was against cancer. And I thought, like, wow, like a really bold, like a really bold, sta- a really bold stand you've taken there. Like, who are the pro-cancer people? Like, who? Can you name a few names of people you're you're fighting against? Uh, so Jennifer and Sarah Hart were the uh, lesbian couple in the Pacific Northwest, and as you know, people only go to the Pacific Northwest when they're hiding when they're hiding when they're hiding from something. That or Alaska is is, really, is the ultimate hiding place. The Grizzly What's, Man being, the Grizzly Boy being a, a prime example.
0: I don't know. Is the Pacific Northwest? I mean, that could mean Seattle, or it could mean you know some really freaky county full of tarps and well out. out Brian's got some work this week to do.
1: Outside of the people working for Microsoft, outside of people working in tech or for Starbucks, it's a kind of, it's a very uh, live and let live kind of place, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. First of all, it's cold and rainy, so people just don't bother each other that much. And uh, it is actually, people don't realize it's actually where almost all the white supremacists live in this country. The mass of them do. Yeah. Like the serious white nationalists live like in sort of eastern Washington.
0: Yeah, there's item. a lot of
1: that. Then there's a lot of like people just hiding from shit up there. And it's always been a weed. It's always been a weed and drug place. We can kind of like grow your farm.
0: How do you just? I don't really get how you live. Do you just drive around and like stay at campgrounds and um, just, well, uh, RV stops and stuff like that? No, I think you rent houses.
1: It's oh, a very okay. rural.
0: If you're in Western like Oregon, Eastern
1: Washington, whatever, it's very rural, and there's a lot of you could probably rent the house for like twelve hundred bucks a
0: month. Okay, so you just rent a place. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get the bouncing around part though. Unless... well, because this this lesbian couple, and I by the way, I have nothing against lesbian moms.
1: Two moms. I think it's fine whatsoever. They had adopted six black children, which seems to me a little strange. If you have all, if you have six kids and they're all black, it's not like you're going to fool them and think that you listen your brothers, your real brothers and sisters. Like you know, like I could see maybe like. If you were black parents, you'd have only black kids. Yeah. And then kind of convince them that they weren't adopted. Like, not tell them until they got older that they were adopted. They would no. If you're two ghostly white lesbian moms and you adopt black kids, they're
0: going to know you're not, a real, you're not a real bio family. Well, I had some friends that were looking to adopt. And they're both huge sports fans. there 's a heterosexual couple. And they requested a black kid. Like from the adoption place. It's huge right now. And, and by the way, I'm like, shouldn't you just get whatever comes to you? Like, you shouldn't, that's a draft at that point.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I could see, again, if you're black parents, I could see you want an African American child. Right. But if you're white parents, it's a weird thing. We're going to talk about Charlie Strawn later. I think a very weird thing. And not only, it's not as weird. If you're, if you're willing to take, like, there are a large number of, like, uh, crack addicted babies and troubled, largely African American or minority babies that are unadopted. They need homes. If that's your mission, I could see that being a cool thing, right? Right. Because those kids, there's just perfect, perfect little white cherubic babies. They're, they get adopted really quickly. They're being paid for by big by by bro- baby brokers.
0: But I'm assuming the majority of available children are are black, or at a least lot. they're di- a disproportionately represented. Yes, or minori- minority minority ad- adopted kid community. But
1: mostly coming from from impoverished families, right? Um. But to adopt all six black kids seems to me like then you're really going for a you're really going for a pattern there, uh, and so they were being this family the Hart family were being investigated for multiple counts of their kids apparently wherever they live seemed to climb out the windows a lot looking for food because they were starving, <laughs> which is I and the parents had money and they had money for food so well, don't you get money per kid also. Uh, that's foster kids. These are adopted kids. Oh, okay. But uh, apparently they're, the parent. The, the charges were the parents were use, uh, withholding food from the kids as punishment to redirect their behavior. Mm. I will say this. They had a tons of Facebook photos, and the kids looked super happy in every photo. <laughs> so I don't know about you. If I was being abused by my parents, I would look really sour in every photo. I could not fake a smile like that. So I wonder how badly abused they were. It had a little cult feeling of its own. But they, they were like... 30 or 40 pictures over, like, a five-year period. And the kids all looked really happy.
0: Well, I'm guessing if you have the kind of parents that drive you off a cliff, they yeah. might be inclined to abuse. <laughs> <Right>?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you're killing my story. You're killing my story. Sorry. Oh, by the way, the best photo is them all of them at the Bernie Sanders rally, the 2000, 2016 Bernie Sanders rally, which talk about abusive. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> make them sit for a two-hour Sanders rally. This was a kid. This was Their kid, coincidentally, one of their kids, like, he was 13 or 14 at the time, there was an anti Ferguson, anti police brutality rally in Portland, and they attended the rally in Portland, and their 14 year old black son um, hugged a white police officer. And that photo made the national news. It was all over the place. Oh, he
0: hugged a white cop.
1: Yes. And they, at the time, everyone said, like, this is a, a sign of racial racial harmony at this time of Ferguson. I think the kid was asked, help me, help me, get me out of those fucking lesbians. Lesbians are starving me. Get me the fuck out. It has a different connotation now that you know the kids were being abused. Uh, but here's a real story. So at some point a month ago, the Heart Moms were being investigated yet again at a new location in Washington. Ah, shot on goal. Almost scored. Woo. Soccer. It's like hockey, but warmer. Um... So there were being uh, there. There's a new investigation. They, were, they had moved to the state of Washington. There was a new investigation for Child Protective Services into the kids, and these are all teenage now, like from 10 to 18 years old kids. So these weren't babies. These are old, slightly older kids. They drove down at some point. Drove down the coastline, hit Northern California. Bet, put, apparently, gave the kids a lot of Benadryl, which makes me sleep for about five days if I ever take it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the moms uh, apparently drank some white, a lot of white wine and then uh, promptly drove their uh, SUV off a cliff in Mendocino County, dramatic cliff, a very beautiful spot, uh, like a 100-foot-tall cliff at 90 miles an hour, flew into the air and crashed land on the rocks below, killing everybody in the car. Themselves and, wow. and all six
0: kids. Wow,
1: that's, uh, that's very dramatic. It's a movie. That's like, uh, if you wrote that in a movie, people would not believe it. Lesbian couple, white couple, six adopted black children driven off a cliff to their, de- to their death below. Right? If you pitch that in a movie or a TV show, people go
0: like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever fucking heard, no way. It was like Thumb and Louise, but they had six kids with them. Yes, basically. it was like Thumb and
1: Louise, except they brought their brood of six six adopted black children with them for their for their, for their drive off the thing. Like they probably held hands. They had like I could see them drinking like some Chablis and they held hands because the world will never understand our love or whatever, and they'd go off the cliff. But by the way, there's six six sleeping, snoring kids in the back of the car you drugged up. If you left the six kids on the cliffside, the story wouldn't have been so bad. Fine. Kill yourselves. Uh, anyhow, so as dramatic as you believe the story to be, Matt, would you believe that it was picked up by almost no national news coverage whatsoever?
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard about it until you told me about it. I, I didn't see it anywhere. It
1: was, it was obviously huge in the area, in Mendocino County in Northern California. It was a big story locally because at first they thought like, oh, they accidentally drove off the cliff or maybe it was a DUI or maybe it was a You know, they slipped off the thing. But by the way, the cliffside was about forty feet away from the road, so it wasn't like they just—it wasn't like a devil slide thing where you just accidentally went off the road. They turned perpendicular from the road, directly off the cliff, and then they quickly found the car. Accelerator was
0: pushed to the max when they found it. I mean, it'd be hard to prove that the passenger mom was in on it. Could have just been a unilateral decision. That sucks. I'm the one mom. <laughs> that sucks when your, your spouse decides... <laughs> like, how come you want to drive today? <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: Uh, by the way, I have something a little just different planned for us
0: today. <laughs> where, oh, you're where are so we You're so sweet. Uh, it's a surprise. Yeah. Hard right
1: turn, gun the gun pedal. <laughs> oh, God. You always love the ocean. <laughs> uh, so here's the story. The story is that nobody picked it up nationally. It was not covered. There's no CNN, let alone a town hall. There was no... You know, national coverage, no New York Times coverage, no Washington Post coverage, no Huffington Post coverage, none of this shit. Uh, it made a, it made New York New York Post obviously uh, because it was a gruesome death. But really, it was died, and it was about the same time as the uh, YouTube. The lady went up and, sh- and shot the three people poor, very poorly at YouTube, and then killed herself, which was a huge story. And this story really caught my attention because it's the most dramatic death I can possibly think of. Parkland, obviously, you know. Deserved all the attention it got, the seventy kids being shot. But after Parkland, this is the most sec- second most
0: gruesome story in a long time. And it was uh, completely uncovered. It's six kids. I mean, six. if six kids got shot, it would be a big deal. But this is almost just as bad as getting shot. if not. Yes. It's not potentially even worse, really. It's worse because you're flying.
1: Well, I guess they were sl- on bed drill. So they're fairly high bed drill. But you're flying through the air. So your death is a slow death. And then you hit the rocks. And imagine hitting the rocks from 100 feet up. Is not a great way to go. I mean, being shot—obviously, there's no good way to go. But a, a clean shot through the head—you're dead. Smashing the rocks and dying from internal injuries—probably, you know, it's probably not a great way to go. Yeah. Uh, or and or you're still alive, but then you drown in the water as you're injured. I, I think drowning's probably
0: the worst way to go. But um. yeah,
1: it's a slow, scary, painful death. And by the way, your parents just killed you. <laughs> so, you just, after, after starving, you for, starving you for six weeks. I mean, I guess you could think it's like a ride. Uh, I think they were probably mostly sleepy because they were on bed and That's good. Uh, but anyhow, it wasn't covered. So I thought, I really want to break this down. And why did the news media not cover this most, after Parkland, the second most dramatic killing in a long time? And I came with three reasons. Tell me if you think I'm wrong on any of them. One, uh, people, are, the news media is obsessed with guns. So if the if the murders involve do not involve guns, they're not going to cover it. Yeah, guns are a big deal. Guns are a big deal. Had they like had the mom gone into a, to a, the a school and shot the six kids with a gun, it would have been a massive story. But you got, you know what got even more coverage than this
0: was in Hawaii. How did we get the highest scoring soccer game ever at one one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember the two sisters yes. that drove off the cliff in Hawaii. The, that, jealous one, the one jealous sister who killed her other sister? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, that had an interesting angle because they were twins, I believe. Yes, yeah, and attractive, actually. And they both died going off a cliff, but they didn't have six kids, so you would think these two stories would at the very least get sort of the same amount of coverage. No, no. So, guns
1: is the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, is because I think they're lesbian moms. And the media will not inherently will not cover negative stories about gay people anymore. And I, I will admit through the first many eons of history gay was evil, right? So if it was a gay component it was seen as evil it was covered as an evil thing. But about 20 years ago whenever they decided to flip the switch the news media progressive news media was not going to cover stories where gay
0: was part of the murderous or hideous part of the story. There it, aren't that many either.
1: No, but they're not going to cover just like they're very uh, un, they don't want to cover like when there's a terrorist attack, they don't want to say Muslim right away. They're very trepidatious to say that stuff because they're very in their bubble, social bubble. They don't want to be seen as being anything close to Trump or anything close to being reactionary. So they're always going to kind of hide the fact that the guy who drove the car through the crowd is of Arabic descent. They're going to say a man. They're going to say whatever. They're not going to. They're not going to list it. Um, but they just don't want to cover anything related to the gay angle of thing. And it's not. They didn't kill the kids because they were gay. Obviously. But they were lesbian parents, and Hard. And they don't want to say anything bad about that. And I think there's a lot of gay people working in the media. Their all friends are gay, and then you're not supposed to be seen as anti-gay in any way to the point that you would not even cover a story where gay parents... The greatest
0: gay parent mass murderer ever in the history of gay parents... <laughs> you're just not going to cover the story. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that one as much. I'm sure there is an element of, of that being true, but... You know, I'm sure there are a lot of other exceptions... Although it does seem like, yeah, it does seem like gay people can get away with a lot these days in the media.
1: Well, like, they didn't want to cover, like, even with Kevin Spacey, they tried to, like, the horrible shit he was doing, they tried to downplay the gay side of it. The fact that he was doing it to to young men and boys or whatever. They really have, they really try to, and rightfully, I understand the pathology of this, that gay people don't want to be seen as crazy or perverts or things like that. Because that's always been the tag they've had. So anything that would link them to mental illness or perversion or sexual perversion, they try to downplay those stories. So I, I totally kind of get that. But the third one is really the most insidious, I think. And it's something that I, looked, I actually had to look up and research. And someone labeled it like 15 years ago, missing white girl syndrome. Which is that when white girls go missing or are killed, it becomes a big, huge national news story. But when black kids go missing or are killed, and by the way, they are disproportionately missing and killed, it's like 40% of cases, which are only 12% of the population, the news media simply will not cover it. Uh, It just does not become a big story. It's not highlighted anywhere. When a cute little white girl goes missing, it becomes a national story. Nancy Grace is on it. Cable News is on it. Where is,
0: you know... They're still talking about shit that happened decades ago about JonBenet Ramsey and... And uh, Natalie Holloway. And the girl in Utah, Elizabeth Smart in Utah. So, and this happened, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yes.
1: So here's a test, Matt. Name the case of a missing or brutally murdered
0: uh, black girl. Black girl. <laughs> I can think of some black boys and young men that have been shot by police, and that no, no. gets a lot of yes, coverage.
1: Yes, but I mean a missing, like the search for a missing like girl probably was sexually assaulted and missing or something like that. I've never heard of it. No. Never heard of it no. happening. No. But everyone can name like 20 famous cases they're all white they're all white girls. So, I don't like to believe in these like racial things, you know, but it, this one is definitely this one's definitely true. I
0: think it's a thing. Remember like 10 years ago, even not that long ago, like 5 years ago, every hacky black comedian would have a bit about how there are no black serial killers. Yes. And it was something that only white guys did, because, I don't know, white guys are crazy like that, yes. and black people have enough problems. Yes. And then, for Which some reason... I believe reason, to be true about. It. I believe to be true. Generally. Well, they found a bunch of black serial killers yes. in the last... Uh, you don't see those bits anymore, like the, the dude in Compton. And it's because, uh, the you know, the police in general are probably a little bit more overwhelmed in those neighborhoods um, and probably more indifferent than uh, police in Brentwood would be to a missing uh, sex worker. Yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, It's true. It's not covered. It's really really not covered.
0: Yeah, there's been a bunch of them that recently have come out and it's, yeah, it's just not really talked about. So that's what, I I honestly
1: think that's the biggest thing at play here with the story is that it was black. It was not, you know, quote-unquote beautiful little cute white kids. It was ad- adopted, black kids nobody wanted, and they just don't want to show photos of and build a big story about murdered black kids. I really think that. that it's not just a Chicago thing where they don't cover the, black, the gang. black you know Obviously, way more black kids are being killed in Chicago than white kids are being killed anywhere else in the entire country, Yeah, and they don't cover that. And partly I think it's because of the racial element, but partly just because it's seen as black-on-black gang
0: violence, it, yeah, and it's just so commonplace, too, yes. that it's you know it's not much of a headline. Like, oh, one, one kid got shot in the south side of Chicago. It's like, okay, well, there's no it, Nic- it, there's we're no pretty Nic- numb to it at this there's
1: point. There's no Nicholas Cruz or, you know, what are the other kids? There's no crazy shooter to highlight and the pathology of us like that just it's you know drug and gang turf war i mean
0: you do see actually like you'll see a story every now and then about a a young child getting accidentally shot by gunfire um in chicago it's always chicago but uh it's it's not front page stuff no i I honestly think if if
1: white kids had gone off the cliff it would have been a it would have been a huge story. It wasn't covered, so I'm going to slave that as my my NA. I want to, one of these days I won my NAACP uh, uh, Vision Award or whatever whatever it is that they give out every year for for progress in the uh, minority rights. I'm going to call out the national news media on the fact that like I'm sorry the all white Huffington Post editorial board just doesn't care about this kind of story. It, it's probably partly a, a chicken and egg thing where they just don't get as good ratings. When they, have, when they cover dead black kids. Right. And so it's probably partly that, and it's just partly the fact that they just don't care about the dead black kids enough because mostly they're not black.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, but I don't know if that would make the, the media more racist or indifferent because it seems like, on its face, the type of story that would compel the Nancy Grace crowd, even, even with the kids being black, it, yeah. it seems like something that... Middle-aged women would be all about, yeah. You know, wasn't named the last mom who killed six of her
1: kids. It just, it just doesn't happen. This is a very, this is a huge story that nobody is that nobody covered, and it's a it's a culmination of many things. But it needs to be needs to be investigated further. Brian, mark that down for further investigation, please. We get the we get the uh, Last Man on Earth investigative team team (laughs) investigating that for next time. Matt, uh, you have a theory. Uh, you had several theories that I love. Uh, but one of your, my favorite theories of yours is the fact that, especially comedians for some reason, can't just be mildly fat. They, <laughs> need to be, they need to be fat or not fat, and that needs to be their thing. If they're fat, the fat needs to be their thing. If they're not fat, then it's not a thing. But middle chubby comedians don't do particularly well. And yeah. I think this leads into uh, you explaining why Amy Schumer isn't fat enough to be funny or likable. And why her latest bomb, "I Feel Pretty," her movie was built
0: to fail. Well, I think Amy Schumer is is funny, but um, you like Amy Schumer, right? Yeah, I mean her she comedy. I mean her comedy. Yeah, she she didn't do anything wrong. Um, but yeah, she is kind of in this in this no man's category of uh, it's it's like she's she, she okay so you're on screen right like I don't know if Amy Schumer walked in here we'd be like oh that chick's really chubby but as, as but were, i but
1: I'd do her after a couple beers <laughs> well, I'll no, finish, I mean, I'm finishing
0: your sentences for you you just have to uh, if you're on TV you sort of have to be fat or, or thin right um, and you've
1: uh, by the way you've met TV actresses they're all anorexic right I mean because the TV does add a few the camera adds some weight to your body and they're all, if you meet a TV actress like off TV, they're all super skinny.
0: Yeah. Well, For, the, you know, there is such a thing as just being a, a thin person. Yes. Uh, but, but I mean, they're gone. They're gone like they
1: actually, because the TV does add weight, so they look a little normal on TV. Yeah. But when you see them off, they're starving themselves. They're all starving themselves.
0: There's something about having a, a larger head that yes. makes your body look smaller <laughs> yes. also, yes. which is a, a look that I personally enjoy. Right. Well, mm-hmm. they also
1: have fake, fake breasts. So they all have big breasts, even though they're really super skinny. Right. So I
0: right, carry on. Sorry, I got diverted. Uh, Amy Schumer, fat rolls. But her, it's so weird because her shtick is also that she's kind of fat. Like she's yes. she's, she's not trying to be thin. But like she, like she'll eat a, like a, a cheeseburger, but then she like fucks a lot of dudes, but then she like complains when she's put on like the, the plus size list. Like I don't exactly know what's going on with her weight situation. Well, I think
1: she's trying to be an every woman, right? She's trying to say, like, I'm bold because I'm not going to comply to male standards of beauty, which is very empowering for women these days to say, like, hey, I'm chubby. Like she's always been chubby. And that's just who I am. I'm still going to be, have sex with dudes, still be successful and all this other stuff. But I don't think it works. (laughs) I just don't think, I think it works for guys. I think a guy can be like a chubby comedian, could do pretty well for himself. Yeah. But I just don't think with women, they just don't, it just, I think inherently women judge other women really harshly. (laughs) And they don't want a woman who's like, you know, chubby, but talking about how successful she is, you know. They want to see her if they want to see a woman successful. They want her to be a skinny bitch, right? So they can make fun of her being a skinny bitch. Yeah, and be jealous of being a skinny bitch. They don't want to see a pudgy woman who looks like themselves talking about how she's happy with herself and she's getting laid all the time and she's making money. And it just seems like it's there's no middle ground there for women.
0: Yeah, and and the way that she's discussed, like you hear this nonstop, is uh, she's a real woman, right? Yes. It's like okay, well I know plenty of women, women not just in Los Angeles but all over the country that are. Thin, yes. That doesn't mean that they're not real or that they're somehow inferior to a chick that's carrying around a few extra pounds. Um, but I feel like the fans of Schumer who are like, "You go, girl!" Yes, they're way fatter than Amy Schumer. Oh, yes. yes. Like she makes them look, uh, or the, they make her look like a, a Victoria's Secret model. Yes,
1: they're like the ones who love Gra- uh, what's her name, Graham, the uh, plus-size model. Ashley Graham, right? Those people who like, yeah, support her. But then, her.
0: on the same token, they're like celebrating her to some degree. Like they're not jumping behind, um, you know the the who's the really fat, um, fat actress, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I'm going to name her. They're not like relating to her so much, although she is like uncomfortably fat. Yes. I mean, she looks really unhealthy, and she's funny. hilarious. I she's lo- I love Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> but you
1: love the fat woman because there's nothing that you, you know what she is, right? You know she's the John Candy, that she's the you know the Louis Anderson, she's the whatever. She's the fat person, and so she fits a cliche. That you find funny, and she is talented, right? But she's that she's a Chris Farley, right? You found Chris Farley funny because he was fat. He was talented too, but that was what he was. If those people were
0: not fat, you would not like them nearly as much. Yeah, if Melissa McCarthy lost a ton of weight and looked all Oprah, I'd, it wouldn't be as funny. Frankly, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if fat people are intrinsically funny. I think yes. it's, there's a, a a Buster Keaton, uh, a, a, you know, downtrodden. A sad clown element to the yes. to the fat comedian. The pain you can you sense their pain, right? Which is probably yeah, which is probably why an overwhelming majority of comedians are fat. Yes, <laughs> they're like fatter than just the average yes. population. <laughs> yes. they're you all injured. They're all badly wounded
1: people, right? Yeah,
0: and it could have something to do with just an unhealthy lifestyle in general. But um, but but maybe they just know that it's it's. Could be the difference between making it or not, is, is carrying around a little bit of extra weight. Yeah, I don't think Melissa
1: McCarthy trying out for regular girl roles, you know, no good looking girl roles, makes it. But as a fat, talented actress, comedic actress, you fit a niche that you need to be in three movies a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess Schumer, the reason she had this sort of uh, meteoric rise was the studios and, and other people. Not that she didn't deserve the recognition, but. I think they were like, it's time for a, ch- like, chubby a ch- young, chubby yes. comedian, yes a young, chubby actress, because um, there really weren't any, were there? No, there aren't any. And the reason there aren't any
1: is because they've never been successful ever before. <laughs> and, and also, by the way, she's not doing like straight, funny movies like Melissa McCarthy's doing. Right. The Fat Girl has to do. She has to do movies that are, have meaning to women that are message films. And the... The, the thing people hated about her movie, uh, "I feel pretty," is that it was a message movie, so it 's laden with like the reviews say it's laden with like messages hitting you over the head in the movie about you know feeling good about yourself shouldn't be about being pretty, and you know women should feel good about themselves no matter how they look and all it. so it 's hitting women over the head, and I just don 't think even many women want to go see a movie like that. Because it's kind of depressing. Well,
0: how have Amy's last few movies done? I not mean, is, very well. is she a a lost leader at this point? Is she? Are, are they just subsidizing these movies? Yes. Normally, you don't get more than uh, I mean, three at the most bombs before she's in that. Well, they don't sp-
1: they don't spend a lot of money making the movies, so mm-hmm. there's that. And uh, but th- no, they're not doing they're not doing well at all. And this one's going to be her worst one yet. So, I mean it doesn't tank tank completely because there's always some women who will go see it because they feel obliged to go see the Amy Schumer movie to support women, mm-hmm. but it's just going to do very po- it's going to do very
0: poor. So she's a she's someone that works in the modeling fashion industry in the movie, yes, and she hits her head it's already anytime there's a hitting your head aspect to a movie, it's <laughs> yes. like okay, I think we've done that. It yes. was it's seen be- as corny in the 1980s.
1: Yeah, it's a Bewitched episode because it's <laughs> Bewitched, a sitcom from the 60s episode.
0: <laughs> so she hits her head, believes she's super hot. Yeah, she
1: believes she's Emily Rodzakowski, who's in the movie, by the way. But doesn't that kind of
0: fly in the face of her general message that you should be confident? No matter what you look like, why did she need to get hit in the head to feel that way? I don't know,
1: but that's what the first thing angry women on Twitter pointed out was that they're angry at her movie was because it pointed out the fact that she wasn't happy with who she was, just looking like regular old Amy Schumer. So right. women are crazy, Matt, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think like you're you're better off being like you're better off being either Sarah Silverman, who is reasonably attractive for a female comedian who can play like the girlfriend role.
0: She's pretty attractive just for a. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean she can play a legit girlfriend role in a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: She can play the good-looking girlfriend in a a movie. Or Melissa McCarthy who plays a funny stumbling fat chick who is like, you know is not going to be sexually attracted to the lead actor but can have funny like sexual repartee with him. Right. She's a middler. there's no middling, there is just no middling for women, it just doesn't exist. So, by the way, that's your brilliant theory so I'd write that one down if I were (laughs) you. Put it in your wiki page. Now nah, we got an email from
0: Evan. He wants to watch. Are you a Shania Twain fan? <laughs> I was listening to that song the other day. It was on satellite or something, satellite radio, and she goes. Uh, they stop the song. They do like a corny record scratch. Yes. It's like, and then uh, she goes. So you think you're Brad Pitt? And then it's like, well, that don't impress me much. And uh, oh, is, that like, her so- is that her song? Isn't it? I don't have. I have no clue. I mean, I've. I've I know who she is, and I watch. She's a she's a
1: she's older now, but she's a attractive, very attractive woman.
0: Yeah, she was like the hottest country singer, definitely the hottest country singer. Yes,
1: she was like before Carrie Underwood, before this new wave of like more attractive when they used to have fat like fat country singers yeah, or unattractive like the Loretta Lynn like coal miners daughter bit yeah you know, kind of the haggard looking ladies good, with the, wi- with the wigs
0: made, that made pretty good music
1: yeah but they were like sort of like you know also ran ladies with wigs <laughs> she came along she was like the first sort of model looking country singer now they got a bunch of them now um, but I, could, I couldn't name a single song of hers to be honest I know she got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and she sold like 80 million albums I couldn't name a single song of hers but everyone wants to know, so Shania Twain, uh, off-the-cuff remark, said that she would have... She's Canadian, by the way, so we should disregard most everything she says. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, slightly off-topic, I saw uh, a Seinfeld, his jo- Seinfeld's joke about Canada. Is that Canada is like, if you're American, this is how Canada feels to you. It feels like aliens captured you, held you in, held you in a tank, and then wanted to rebuild a fake America to put you back into as a, like a lab rat experiment. <laughs> and that's Canada because it feels like America, but there's always like a couple weird things that make you feel like you're not really in America. That's Canada. Like they didn't get America quite right. Right. That's what it is. Like, like you think you're in America, but then you notice a couple things here and there like kind of look weird and not right to you about it. And that's what Canada is
0: basically. I like always a lesser, heard the... A lesser America, a slightly lesser America. Yeah, the ketchup potato chips, for example. Yeah, just little things. You're yes. like, what the hell? Yes. Um, Like you're in a Twilight Zone episode, this is not really America. I always heard that since, you know, Canada's really small and their entire population just lies along the U.S. border. Yes. uh, That when they complain about stuff in the States, it's kind of like, you guys are. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're suckling at the teat, but it, I guess it's like sitting around a fire and bitching about the smoke in your eyes or something.
1: They're they're like the the Puerto Rico of the United States. They're kind of they're kind of part of the United States. Uh, so Shania Twang was interviewed and she, uh, re- uh, yesterday, two days ago, said uh, if she was voting in 2000, she's not allowed to vote. Obviously, being a Canadian foreigner bastard, uh, she would have probably voted between Trump and Hillary. She would have voted for Trump. Because she liked the, she the, the, the one thing she admired about Trump was the fact that he would say shit that got people upset. And he would speak the you know he'd say things he didn't care what people thought about him. Um, I mean, very off the cuff remark.
0: And by the way, that one comment is the thing that most people voted for Trump for. Because yeah, he would, I agree with her. I wouldn't have voted for Trump, but no. I would say that is his definitely his most redeeming quality. <laughs> well, compared to
1: Hillary, Hillary had the completely canned responses, and he had the complete stupid, idiotic, off-the-cuff responses. Yeah. So if you like off-the-cuff, Trump, Trump, Trump was your guy. Half of them were kind of racist shit, he said, but he did say them. Uh and so, uh, so then the backlash, of course, ensued. Shania Twain approves of Trump. So, like 50,000 people on Twitter attacked her and called her, uh, uh, you know, racist, misogynist, whatever Trump is, all sorts of stuff. So, then Shania Twain had to walk back her comment immediately. And by walk back, I mean complete disavow and pretend she didn't say what she said the day before. And then say she and her and the people she trusts and like her friends would never vote for Trump because they're anti-discrimination. They're for loving the world and not being prejudiced and everything else and whatever all the Trump, Trump shit is. So, well, here's so a, she just did a 180. Complete 180. And said her, te- her quote was taken out of context. She doesn't like Trump like everybody else, like a proper person. She's, you know, she's for <laughs> multiculturalism, whatever else. And then she, she, she would never, ever vote for Trump. And
0: it was, that was it. So... Yeah, a complete
1: 180 to what she said earnestly. I think the day before.
0: Uh, so did anyone respond like, "Wait, do you not believe your own opinion?" Or no, they, like no. You, uh, well, which is Evan's email, uh, which basically ends
1: with, "Is there any reason left for Canadians, Canadians to exist?" <laughs> I can't oh. think of. I can't
0: think of any. I mean, you know, for all, like if you watch TV in Canada, there there can't be. They cover you know what's going on here just as much as they do there, if not more so, although they do have basically state run t v so they mandate that they have their crappy um dramas on their own b b c thing yeah um but I'm assuming she doesn't know a lot about what trump's all about when she said that that she's ill informed uh well she's first of all, she's a celebrity entertainer
1: mm-hmm. second of all, she's Canadian. So I assuming she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Although she did make a point, which I think was what the, the one appealing aspect of Trump. So she kind of hit, I think it was an earnest point. I think she, you know, a lot of women didn't like Hillary because she was so staged, so cold, so canned. And, they, and Not that they liked Trump, but they liked the fact that he was just a non-politician.
0: Yeah, if Hillary would have done what Trump did, she would have won pretty easily. If she really? would have come up... Wait, can well, you imagine no, no, no. the, shit, I, you imagine the mean, shit she would say unscripted? I don't mean demonizing Mexicans for yes. no, no apparent reason. Can you imagine
1: Hillary speaking off the
0: cuff? Well, I, I don't know that she's able to, to yes. do that. Yes. But
1: um, you No, know, You're right. It wouldn't be racist. It would just be like some weird no, policy it, details that nobody cared about.
0: It'd be about. like, I relate to you, Becky, from Minnesota. In fact, they were out of caviar at this fundraiser <laughs> I went to. It'd, it'd be a lot of shit like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But if she came off as human, like, I, I don't know. I agree with Shania. Like, he he's, was willing to have um, not the racist stuff, but, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he would just say shit he wasn't supposed to he say. He spoke off the cuff. He yeah. definitely spoke against things
1: his handlers wanted him to say. Right. So no, okay. I don't mind that. I just, I just hate it. We, we cover this every single time. It seems like some comedian or entertainer says something that seems on, that seems earnest. In contrast, by the way, Kanye West said something about how he liked Trump. And he took a ton, ton of shit, but he doesn't give a fuck. So he's like, fuck you. I'm not taking that back. I'm not taking that back. That's what I felt. Are That's people what I just said.
0: ignoring him finally? Yeah, that would be so. great.
1: Well, ignoring him other than he gets like 40 million people watching his streams of anything he does. He is a funny kind of crazy. I give him that. So I like the photos where he has to pretend to like his wife. <laughs> like once a, year they, once a year, they come out with either, either he's gay or he just doesn't care about his wife. I'm not sure what it is. But once a year, they have to come out with like photos where he's making out with her, and they put it, they leak him to the press, like, caught making out like once a year. It's like what we do with a gay guy, whether with beard, you know? And I don't know that he's actually gay. We make fun of him for that. But he's clearly not interested in his wife. He probably just loathes her at this point. Uh, I mean, he had his infatuation with after he saw her in the sex, They ever wanted to bang her. But that was six years ago.
0: But I'm then sh- you see what's going on with her body, and I don't yes. mean gaining weight in a normal way. I mean that... There's now some serious medical anomalies that have transpired due to the uh, (laughs) practice of sucking fat out of various parts and injecting it back into her ass. And (coughs) now she's going to the beach and you can see her ass from behind. And it's like, uh, wow, what's going on there? Well, Kanye has he has
1: incredible amounts of ADD, apparently like he's really struck with ADD. So he is, like, very short attention span guy. He gets very obsessed with things for short periods of time. Mm-hmm. So I assume he saw her being fucked by Ray J on the video and decided he had to have that. And then he had it. And then, like, five minutes after, was like, okay, I'm done. Like, that's it. Like, I'm, okay, I'm done. Did that. And now it's, like, six years later. He's just like, I'm going to live in my own place. Just like ignore, kind of ignore you.
0: I always assumed it was more insidious, and he just thought... They both agreed this will be good for both of us. You know, we'll be in, we'll be on TMZ more. Maybe I don't think he, I don't think he care, I don't think he cares about that shit. He's a,
1: I think he's a true believer in his own art, artistry. I think he really believes he's a genius artist, so that he's a, that he's a you know that he's a Picasso, he's a Picasso of rap music, yeah, or just a Picasso of painting. the what I think he paints. So I think that's his shtick, that's his thing. He truly believes that. So he believes he needs inspiration wherever he can find it. He needs muses and stuff like that. But anyhow, a question. Is there any reason for Canada to exist, Matt?
0: Canada, Canadians, have they given, do they give the world anything? I like Canada. I mean, it's it's a beautiful place. And, um, yeah, the cities are, are pretty good. But uh, I didn't know Shania Twain was Canadian. Um, oh, there's a lot of people you don't know are Canadian. Well, Canada's given us a lot of good music. But, really? Um, really?
1: Really? Name some. Name some.
0: Oh, Neil Young, Leonard Cohen... Um, Rush I'll throw Rush in mm, there I like Rush Cat Stevens Is he Canadian? No, I don't think no, so No I don't think he is Well, Katie Lang mm, Justin Bieber It's a top heavy list <laughs> That's for sure
1: The Bare Naked Ladies <laughs> <laughs> I've, run, I've now run out Triumph uh, <laughs> Maybe a couple metal bands I'm kind of, I'm kind of done now I don't know that's, I mean There's no The answer You even know, There's no reason For Canadians to exist Matt, let me ask you, uh, I have a theory, you have theories about, about chubby girls, I think yours is honed from experience, uh, I have a theory that anytime women get together to form a group, even when it has a really positive social cause, even like a cause to help women overcome the, patri- the patriarchy, that anytime you get multiple women together forming a group, it will necessarily become bitchy, exclusionary, and riddled with gossip and, <laughs> gossip and, vend- and vendettas. Did someone score, Brian? Yeah, 3-0 Liverpool now. Yes. By the way, I like in soccer how, like, uh, every goal is celebrated like a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl, Super Bowl victory. <laughs> like, I'm afraid they don't stop and have a parade. There's <laughs> just be a parade on the field, like, marching bands, we scored a goal. I'm sorry, I don't like soccer. <laughs> uh, so my theory, Matt, is that uh, anytime women form a group together, a clatch of some kind... There will eventually be infighting, anger, and animosity towards one another because women are just too hyper competitive with one another to ever get along.
0: It's sort of true with men too, but probably really? to a little bit stronger degree. You find like in your fancy football group, like men are like bitching and infighting and talking shit about
1: one another. Mm. There's a lot of a lot of uh, uh, taunting, I'm sure. It's not born it's not born from a place of being jealous is it
0: Yeah no it's yeah it's not as caddy I mean there might be a a fight but it wouldn't be a, a passive aggressive no.
1: smear campaign It's more just juvenile bullshit right Yeah it's not it's not a lot of thought there's not a lot of thought that goes into it there's not a lot of thought that goes into it
0: No yeah women would become very caddy yes. even a even a book club is like you know there's some drama going to go down Oh yeah Every
1: every 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 women's club should be uh, renamed. How do we destroy Judy? <laughs> That's <laughs> sort of what I sort of what I feel. Uh, so apparently, even these Me Too and Times Up groups, uh, as as empowering and inspirational as they are for women to finally take on the, the 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 male patriarchy that we know exists, documented by so many so many bits of evidence. Uh, even the even the Times Up movement in Hollywood, it turns out, is a bitchy, bitchy exclusionary group. <laughs> so Tandy Newton uh, who you like because you've seen her naked a lot in Westworld by the way she's 42 years old I believe and she's had three children oh wow yeah she's got a nice kind of a nice body for uh, for, going, for going through that kind so of
0: I think it's great
1: yeah well I'm, you know I don't want to be I don't want to be misogynistic <laughs> I don't want to contribute to the rape culture with these comments uh, So, but she's a fairly famous she's a famous act she's been in a lot of TV shows she was in Mission, starred Started Mission Impossible 2 she was the Leading lady, the Femme Fatale in Mission Impossible Two with Tom Cruise about 15 years ago. Uh, she said, "Quite, a, and she's British. She does a lot of British TV. She's got, and she's on Westworld now. But apparently, she was not good enough to be part of the Times Up movement." Reese Witherspoon, uh, Meryl Streep. Other A-list actresses and some pro- female producers and directors, Patty Jenkins, others were apparently on the central committee of Times Up and got to start the Times Up against the male patriarchy in Hollywood. Group, is this like an elected position, or how do they? I think they. I think like all women's group, they got they had a like lemonade and tea <laughs> or coffee. They all went to a Starbucks and formed this thing, or they went to a, like a, a place that had a, a kale salads and uh, some expensive place on Melrose and formed this group. And someone invited someone. They invited someone. They decided we're going to be the Time's Up organizers. Right. And they really apparently only invited like A-list, who they thought were A-list people, women in town. And Tandy Newton, who, by the way, has been publicly speaking out against uh, sexual harassment in, in, in the entertainment business for 15 straight years, was not invited. And now she's kind of pissed, now she's kind of pissed uh, whether or not it's rightfully so or not. Because apparently the women who were forming the Women Empowerment Group were excluding lots of women (laughs) because they weren't up to their caliber or they thought they might bring them down in terms of their their, their look and their appeal.
0: Well, couldn't they have just not thought of it? Like When people, this could either be kind of a bitchy man or a woman, but they'll say to me, like, uh, how come I didn't get invited to this thing? And I'll go, uh, because no one thought of it. But no one got together and was like, no. let's exclude this one person just for no reason. I know what you're saying, but that's not how these work. Because <laughs> they all... Remember, they all,
1: the original ones all signed, a, they signed a, a letter. They signed an open letter to Hollywood or whatever the fuck it was.
0: But they have to... I mean, I guess on the one hand, there's like strength in numbers. But if they're like the, uh, the committee, like the board the members... The founding members. The founding members. Yes. Well, she... Then uh, Tandy... Tandy Newton. Newton could still be a member. I like that you right? like, I like that you love her body, but you can 't say her name you don 't know her name <laughs> you pig well, I just thought she was a girl from Westworld, woman from Westworld. Uh, you know they, they probably want as many members as possible i don 't know if they have to pay dues i don 't know if they 've ever actually met in person i don 't know if they ever will. I have no idea what they would even do uh, if if in fact they did uh, except talk about. You know how to stop sexism in the well. Entertainment they formed the, they formed the GoFundMe
1: page. and got like ten million dollars from Steven Spielberg and Judd Apatow pretty pretty quickly.
0: Okay, but it was
1: more. I think they. I think they saw themselves. I think the comparison is the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Right, that's what they saw themselves as. They saw themselves as founding fathers. Okay, so obviously, like, not everybody was allowed to sign the Declaration of Independence. They got like twenty prominent dudes from the colonies yeah. to sign it and they weren't just gonna like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of popular guys who wanted to sign it who weren't allowed to sign it, and they were kind of pissed, if you imagine, back in 1776. They're like, why don't I get to sign it? There are a lot of like famous American revolutionaries who didn't sign it.
0: Well, I bet they had real problems, though. I don't <laughs> I bet they didn't care that much.
1: Uh no, nah, I don't know. I think they knew when they Ben Frank and they were Thomas Jefferson were all getting together like in Philadelphia, I knew there was a big deal. And like and then like uh, you know, one of the, some guy wasn't invited who's was, like was a leader probably went like fuck you guys <laughs> why don't i get to sign it why does hancock get to sign it? i don't get to fucking sign it this is ridiculous also the gay dancing after the soccer goal has to stop <laughs>
0: i don't know how much went into the formation of this group i don't know if it was just a, a click of friends that knew each other Yeah,
1: basically that's the answer they just didn't
0: happen to know her they may it may be as simple as no one had her cell phone number I don't really know. I don't think we'll ever know how it went down. I'm going to tell you how it went down because I know how these operate. <laughs> Three or four of them got together for lunch, said,
1: we're going to start this movement in Hollywood before the award season, before the Golden Globes. We're going to start this thing. Three or four, Reese Witherspoon, probably Meryl Streep, another you know, A-li- couple A-listers got together. Patty Jenkins, maybe the director of Wonder Woman, had their weekly lunch, said, let's start this group for legal defense, fund for women, sexual harassment in Hollywood. Who should we get on it? And they started, we want to get 20 ladies. Who should we get on it? And they all started naming names of their famous friends. Oh, she's great. Oh, she's great. And no one thought about Tanny Newton, which is fine. She's not an A-list actress, but it just goes to show that these groups, even though they're for the empowerment of women, are exclusionary. And now she's pissed. Now she's pissed. She wasn't included because she wasn't good enough for she wasn't good enough for their list. And imagine there's other tons of other people like Tanny Newton who feel the exact same way. Because, by the way, unlike all these other women. She's been speaking out against this shit for 15 years, whereas the other women were speaking out against it for like six weeks <laughs> after the Harvey Weinstein story. Yeah. So I can see, the, I can see the, the anger. But this is why also, by the way, so the Time's Up movement now, everyone uses the Time's Up you know, hashtag whenever they want to because they decided to decentralize sort of the authority of it. So any woman can claim it at any time, just like
0: Me Too became to the point that it became completely, a completely useless hashtag. So why doesn't Tandy Newton do that instead of complaining about not being on the the, the sort of well, I don't think she was on a
1: vendetta, I think someone asked her why she wasn't part of it and then she kinda of said I wasn't invited. And then people went like, What do you mean, you have to be invited? Yeah, and by the way, I've been speaking out against the shit for fifteen years and no one asked me to be part of anything. So it's just my it's just my impression. This is my impression of how every women's group is formed. Like I imagine even like the suffragettes, like Susan B. Anthony and the other ones back in the day like we just were bitching they had like there were three of them and the two of them were conspired against the third one to kick her out like uh, that fucking uh, that fucking Susan B. or that fucking whatever Barrett whatever her name is we don't like she's a bitch she's an attention hog she's trying to get in all the Missouri papers let's just let's just ruin her Let's say she's sleeping with men. Let's say she's. Let's say she doesn't think women really have the right to vote or whatever it is.
0: Well, at least back then, and obviously no one wants, you know, sexual assault or discrimination in in Hollywood. But
1: well, all the men. There were a lot of men who kind of liked it quite quite a bit for a while.
0: Well, yeah, there was a, nobody was a public, nobody was publicly
1: group. in favor of it.
0: It was still a minority. Yes. Um. But you, you know, the, the the suffragettes had kind of bigger fish to fry, I think, than... I'm not talking Weinstein, but, you know, someone asked me to wear a tank top, it's like, Sh- shut the fuck up, <laughs> who cares? Um, but, oh, you, you really- know, at this point, you have to wonder, unfortunately, you have to be a little bit suspicious of why someone would want to be on that board. Is it because they care a lot about the cause, or is it because, uh, you know, it's it's pretty good publicity?
1: It's great. Well, it's, it's great virtue signaling. You can't do better than being one of the founding... Founding women of me uh, of, of thing, and then also then you get you got to donate because they put it on a GoFundMe page with public where, you get, where they show the public donations.
0: Did the founding members donate their own money? Yeah, they donate money, okay. not a lot. Some of them donate like twenty grand. Does anyone grand. know what they're going to do with the money?
1: Uh, yes, they set up a uh, legal defense fund for women everywhere. It's not just for Hollywood women. Women anywhere who are, who are harassed in the workplace can apply to, to get help, legal help from this <laughs> from this fund. So I'm gonna just say it was stolen. I'm just going with it stolen.
0: Well, that's that's like raising a million dollars and claiming you can end homelessness. Like the math on that does not check out. Well,
1: they got some of the people like a CAA donated a million dollars. Agencies all donated a million. Well, say they
0: have ten million dollars. What, what is that going to do? The chick from uh, the Taco Bell whose boss is harassing her is is going to call in and
1: this is gonna be and, I like that uh, Rob Reiner thing, the anti-smoking thing in California. Where they raised like $5 billion with a proposition and then they haven't spent any, any any of the money after like 10 years or 15 years. Because they just like... To actually spend the money, there's too many hoops, so they just don't spend any money. It's just The money's just sitting there money's just sitting there like
0: 15 years later. Well, then you can put your own money in it and it's like protected from all kinds of taxes. That's and, correct uh, as well. That's correct know. as well. All right, Matt, so I guess... You weren't invited to be on Time's Up, were you? No, I didn't get a call. <laughs> I formed a group. Of, I was hanging out with Tandy Newton at the time and we were... We were both equally uh, surprised. You love, her hot, you love her hot mom, Bob. She's better than Amy Schumer,
1: I'll say that. Uh, we got an email from Shireen. Here's a, uh, wow, we got two stories about uh, black babies this week, Matt. Uh, this is very multicultural this week. Uh, how come you guys never said shit about Charlie Saron threatening to leave the United States with their black babies to escape racism? Well, that's, a, that's to the point. Uh, I don't know why we never talked about it. The story was from a couple weeks ago. But Charlie Saron was asked. This this one I think was more volunteered. So she has two. She's a single woman. If you recall, she had the uh, the great uh, dating list of Sean Penn, <laughs> Sean Penn, who she lived with for like a year, a year or two. Um, she's got a really sketchy boyfriend back. Sketchy boyfriend background. Uh-huh. Not the greatest of choices. Uh, Sean Penn, by the way, way sleeps way up above his pay grade. Above his pay grade. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how he gets blonde A-list actresses to, uh, to, to bed frequently, but he's got something going on. Some well, he's been famous for like 40 years. But he's, he's not like famous in like a George Clooney kind of way. He's famous more in a bad boy, disturbed angry guy. Fam-
0: yeah, he's famous in a Kurt Cobain type of way in that he, he doesn't seek out the fame. Yes. So he does like... Uh, dozens of interviews per year and acts real pissed about it. Yeah,
1: he just quit acting again by the way. No. I think for the 17th for the 17th time he quit acting.
0: He's also like at this point if you saw him in person you might be like uh that is a very strange-looking
1: individual. Well, he's taking a lot of that uh, performance-enhancing drugs. He's got—he's like he's 58 now, 59. But he's got the huge muscles and the tan and the fake—you know—the longest hair. Well, combined so. with smoking, smoking and a drinking. couple packs a day, yes.
0: uh, so you just can't—you can't, can't out outrun nature, really.
1: Now he's starting to get that Mickey Rourke thing going a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Charlie Saron adopted. Uh, she's from South Africa originally. She came to the United States. Uh, she went back for her first adopted baby, and I, I honestly believe, unlike the, maybe the the uh, lesbian couple we talked about earlier who adopted perhaps kids nobody wanted, what is it like twenty-seven to one now? <laughs> these Hollywood. Yeah, we got really unlucky with this. This, this is the soccer game. Highest, It could be five goals, the highest score soccer game in the history of soccer. Uh, unlike these women who are taking like you know uh, uh, maybe crack babies from Detroit or something like that. She's from South Africa, and I think a lot of these celebrities, Madonna, all these other ones that go around the world to collect babies,
0: it's clearly a status symbol, right? So she, wait, Shirley Cern adopted a kid from her home, from country, South Africa, of yes. South Africa? Yes. Well, that makes sense because <laughs> it's a majority black country, so. Oh, yes, she, but, but she, she, isn't that, isn't that like, just visually speaking,
1: doesn't it look bad in South Africa like when the rich white woman comes and takes a black child out of South, out of South Africa? I mean there's some, some, there's some kind of ill feeling about that yeah. I think about. <laughs> there's an awful lot of history there and it wasn't too long ago either. They were just, yeah, slaughtering and or enslaving black <laughs> enslaving black people during apartheid. And now she's actually just taking a black a, a very cute
0: black baby out. I of mean her. the odds are that her parents just percentage-wise supported apartheid, right? Yeah, well, I think most white people did. They were ethnic minority, and they ran the whole place. Yeah,
1: you're not going to do that with openness and and, and and cultural diversity. So, but I mean, it just seems to me like you kind of have that impression of like white slave owner taking black baby away away from the country. Yeah. So and bringing him the Bre- bringing him to Brentwood, and she brought adopted a second kid. I'm told is from the United States. But again, and also like a
0: very Aryan looking. Oh yeah. A woman too. Six, six foot tall, like... blonde
1: six foot tall blonde <laughs> pale blonde woman with blue eyes. Yeah. Taking the black baby. And then she took and for the second, like these ladies again, she chose another black baby to adopt. And again, it's not like these kids are gonna think that she's their real mom. So that's not happening. I don't know if that's important though, but well I mean, she's not fooling them into blue she's her bio mom. Right. So it's clearly are not gonna know, but why she keeps why they keep selecting like minority babies to adopt. It's clearly a status. Th- it's clearly a status thing going on there. Uh, but then, what she she was she mentioned, she brought up the fact that because of racism and I don't know what event she was pointing to recently. I'm sure it was Trump, an anti-Trump thing. That she's really honestly considering leaving the country with her children. Um, and who just left? By the way, someone just left for Australia. What American entertainer left for Australia it was a British entertainer. But he left the United States for Australia because they said it was too racist in the, in the it's United probably States.
0: Probably a two month hiatus, and he just wanted to go to Australia anyway. By the way, I would, I would do that. I would too. I hang but out in Australia for but, a little while. But I also imagine Australia, like by the way, South
1: Africa, is a really racist. Australia is so racist. It's a really racist oh my country. God. These are these are two countries that have a history of like taking the indi- uh, white people coming in, rounding up the indigenous population, and basically putting them. Into, onto re, onto reservations and are just lynch and are just lynching them.
0: So yeah, your average Australian is more racist than your average American, I think.
1: And their history is horrible with the abori- with the aborigine, just like the history of South African people. While they may not all be racist, their history is just horrible with uh, the black right. population. So where is it she's going? Where is she? She's going exactly with her the six foot tall blonde woman from Brentwood, with her two black babies to escape to escape racism. Uh, she's in Brentwood. She's living in Brentwood now in a mansion. I assume, while it's clearly not a not a, diver, a racially diverse population in Brentwood. Probably pretty safe. Probably pretty
0: safe for celebrity children in Brentwood. I, I don't th- think there's very many racists in Brentwood. Um, you know, they might support kind of racist causes, but in the, in the company of uh, no, if you're like just like uh, we were with Barry Bonds'
1: kid at that school at the uh, at the expensive private school in Brentwood where they are singing the, the rap lyrics, the racist rap lyrics. Yeah. That's as threatening as you're going to get, really, is having rich white kids not realize that they're singing, like, you know, uh, uh, whatever, the Jay-Z lyrics that are racist or something like that <laughs> at a hot tub party in someone's mansion, in the back of their mansion. Yeah. That's, like, as racist as you're going to get. Clearly, there's no threat of physical violence or physical harm. So I, I don't really understand this. Uh, it seems to me like she's this is the ultimate signaling, which is you're a white... A single white chick. By the way, she co-parents with her mother. She lists her the so co-parent is her own mother because she's
0: gone a lot for her work. She's work. Uh, well, that seems reasonable, I guess. I mean, a lot of poor people do that. <laughs> uh, yes, not necessarily a lot of. Rich, yeah, you
1: don't see a lot of well-off rich women in their forties <laughs> no. doing, doing that as well. Uh, but isn't that the office status symbol? So you adopt first. You adopt your incredibly white blonde woman, and then you adopt black. Babies, black children, and then you announce that you're, where you live is too. The United States is too racist, so you're going to leave with your flee with your black children. It's not like a black woman fleeing with her black children because it's too racist here. It's a white woman fleeing with their black kids because there's too much racism.
0: Yeah, and it's always a real desirable place to go somewhere. Somewhere beautiful, yes. picturesque, um, expensive. Where she gonna? Where? By the way, where? If you were seeking a country.
1: With less racism for for you and your your, uh, other race children, where would you go? Alaska.
0: It's the least racist place that I've been. She's not going to Alaska. It has to be somewhere. Of course not. That's not very uh, exotic.
1: And she's not going to Zimbabwe where the kids would feel very welcome and and fit in. I mean, I guess
0: like uh, Amsterdam or... Horrible racist. Um, Europe is... Again, the
1: United States clearly has a problem with race. But I don't think people have really traveled that much. Well, she has. She's been to South Africa, which is even worse. It's, it's, the, if you're a minority population in anywhere in this world, you pretty much are in a lousy position.
0: I would say Alaska has very little racism to yes. almost none because uh, no one cares about what anyone else is doing. Um, I mean, she could just take a short trip to... Botswana, are one of the landlocked countries within South Africa that's almost all black, uh, where they all, you know, put a lot of the black people and they still live there. Yeah, but she'll be
1: living in the white enclave. She'll be living in the Brentwood of, of Botswana, <laughs> which will be 95% white, the Boers. The boar, uh, I mean, she
0: could just move to Seattle, I you think. think. so? Less yeah. racist in
1: Seattle? Yeah. Yeah? Because the lesbian moms are there adopting black kids in the Pacific Northwest. Everyone's running from something? You may be right I don't know it seems, to me it's a, it seems to me She hit the ultimate jackpot Of moral signaling a virtue signaling Which is adopt black children And then announce the United States Is too racist for you And your black your black babies
0: Yeah she pulled a real uh, A real coup on that one
1: Alright we're going to end today With our panties and a bunch Brian you ready for this? Do you see any upcoming goals Coming in the soccer match? Has anyone crossed The midpoint line? By the way you know you can go back and forth. You can kick backwards. You can always kick the ball backwards if you wish Yeah, to extend the game forever. Yeah, the center 15 line. 15 minutes left plus uh, stoppage. And it's 5-0, right? 5-0. So basically the chance of the other team winning at this point is zero, completely zero. There's absolutely no way they can, the other team can score five goals when you can kick the ball backwards and hold the ball. This would be like a, I don't know, 140-point lead in, ba- in a basketball game. Yeah. Essentially. There's absolutely no way. This is a physical impossibility the other team could score. You can bring all your players back on defense. So not going to happen. Although they may go 7-0. All right, pennies on a bunch. Matt, what has me upset? It's always teen girls and sex. That's what, obsesses. That's what obsesses me. So I have to find an excuse to bring them up so I can talk about them and what angers me. Uh, so Amelia Gray. So uh, Lisa Rinna. Are you familiar with Lisa Rinna? She was a soap, a- a soap actress, soap opera actress, famous for like, Days of Our Lives for 20 years. Then she was on like Melrose Place and some other shitty soap opera stuff on TV. I
0: have no idea who she is.
1: Now she's like, now she's like fifty-five. She looks like she's forty because she's got all the plastic surgery, fake boobs, and uh, she's doing Depends Depends commercials. <laughs> Literally doing incontinence <laughs> incontinence commercials. She's only fifty. She's like in her fifties. Huh. From far away, she could pass for thirty-five because she's had so much plastic surgery. I mean, there's not a wrinkle in her face. Her boobs are brand new and, and buoyant. Got you, the fi-
0: I mean, do you not have friends, and I'm putting Jamie Lee Curtis with the Activia commercials, do your yes. friends not make fun of you when you do a PINS commercial? It's money. It's just money, dude. I mean, you don't
1: see... Well, first of all, how many working actresses are there in their 50s? Uh, not, not many. I mean, women that worked in their 20s and 30s, how many of them are working in their 50s? <laughs> None. I mean, they need some... These women, like like Lisa Rinna doesn't have... She has soap opera money and some royalties from shit. But they're not. And Harry, Ham, she's married to Harry Hamlin, who was on L.A. Law back in the day, and has done some late night Cinemax stuff, and occasionally does some TV. Oh. They're not rolling in the they're not rolling in the Mega Millions. So if you get half a million bucks to do a fucking Depends commercial, you're taking that cash every day. And these people have lavish lifestyles too. So they're they're like second tier athletes who blow through all their cash. They're right. taking. I mean, you'll see like it's amazing who you'll see at autograph signing sessions for ten dollars an autograph. Ten years after the career is over, <laughs> right? These guys used to like you thought were really cool athletes, but they were not making the big bucks. It's a little different in this day and age because even like the bench guys are making three to four million a year or seven eight million in the NBA. I mean, if you're if you're like JaVel McGee and you're making like eight or nine million dollars a year for being like a guy who plays nine minutes a game at center, yeah, you can you can collect forty million dollars pretty pretty easily. She so. might
0: not have made a lot of soap opera money back then.
1: No, and also by the way these are all people who live like vegan diets and also, they're going to live forever. They all do yoga and vegan diets. So they're actually like not sickly in their 55. She's like a really healthy 55. Right. So they got 40 more years. They got 40 more years to cover. Uh, Anyhow, so they they have three daughters. Two or three daughters, I can't tell. And of course, they're all beautiful daughters. Lisa Wren is attractive. Her husband was like a model, like voted the handsomest guy on TV back in the 80s. So they're all good looking. So, of
0: course, what do they do with them? They put them into like skin modeling, <laughs> bikini modeling girls. They sat down and thought out, <laughs> yes, how should we start off their lives on a, on a positive note, their young adult lives? We'll uh, put them into modeling. Yeah. Let's get them a social media
1: account. Let's get them on Instagram doing, at, at like 14, doing like... You know, uh, bikini, bikini, skimpy bikini, miles. Just like the gener- the Jenner girls did the same thing. Cindy Crawford's uh, kids did the same
0: thing. The daughter and the son. I'll we- never understand that. I'll never get it. Like, all right, do you want to go to? You want to go to uh, UCLA? Do you want to? Um, you want to go to Juilliard? I'm, you know, I'm not saying you could get into all these places, but there's got to be some kind of like career path you could be set on that doesn't involve. Showing your tits, and, yeah. and that's it? Yeah, it's, it's a weird... It, I, the
1: narcissism, I think, runs in the family, right? So when you're, when you're young, like Lisa Renna, you're a young model, or a TV, it's soap operas, and you're showing off your boobs to get jobs, and the guy's, God knows what Harry Hamlin did to get his jobs, and he's good-looking, and probably sleeping with the casting director, stuff like that. Then you have kids. I think it becomes very normalized to you. Like, not only, do you want, not only are you a little league parent, basically, a sports dad, who want their kids to follow in their own footsteps... But you also don't see anything wrong with what they're doing because you did the same kind of thing. You're kind of like that molested child syndrome, <laughs> yeah. Where like you think it's cool, you think it's really cool that your daughter's getting hundred thousand likes on Instagram from dudes who are <laughs> masturbating to when she's fourteen or fifteen on, on online, and you just think like, what? What most parents would see is like, Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. I've got to get my daughter off there. They're thinking like, wow, hundred thousand likes.
0: She's really going. She's really going places. But the fact that she picked. That or however much she picked it, I guess, is up up for debate or being pushed into it or whatever. But does that mean that these people are just purely uncultured people that live in some bubble in a McMansion? Like, did you not expose your kid to books, music, sports? um, You know, a science fair. Well, for, for
1: sure, for sure, old money would not let their kids do this. Right, like rich old money people don't let their kids do this. They might be doing it secretly, but they're not promoting it. This is definitely a new uh, Hollywood celebrity, new money type of thing. Yeah. Which is where fame is more important than anything else. And, it, it, you, and now on social media, you get an immediate reaction to that. So likes are the most important thing ever for your kids. So it is a little bit like Little League, little league Father like that. So this girl, Amelia Gray, started posting bikini pictures when she was like 14 online. They built her a social media account, her sisters, and with her parents. She's getting a lot, of, a lot of attention on social media at 14. So now she's like 15, just turning 16. And now she's talking about how when she was 14 she had anorexia, she was anorexic, had a horrible eating disorder that almost killed her basically. And then she now she's doing comparison photos of her new and she clearly has fake breasts at 16 of her new rounder curvier body at 15 to 16. Mind you 15 to 16 uh, uh, showing like thong bikini photos and comparing them to when she was 14 and then talking about how she overcame her eating disorders that almost killed her at 14. And now that's just what she's doing at 15 to 16 and like I don't think is like the comparison to me is like as a parent is like if your kid was a drug dealer. At fourteen, I was pushing like weed and stuff like that, and I was getting busted all the time. But now at sixteen, I'm moving. I'm moving some ecstasy, some other stuff. I'm really doing well. And parents are like we're so proud of our kid. It's the same harmful thing. I mean, your daughter had anorexia, almost died. I guess, or she was so skinny that she may be dramatizing the anorexia level, but clearly a mental disorder, an eating disorder. At fourteen. Fifteen, and instead of like putting her somewhere and getting help, you got her new boobs, (laughs) and you put her back out there to do to show people that she's not skinny anymore, that she's got a much more sexually desirable body at sixteen. Isn't that like? Isn't that really? You're not a parent, but isn't that disgusting?
0: Yeah, I couldn't imagine thinking that was okay. After first of all, (laughs) you already had anorexia. Like, let's chill on the modeling thing for. A little while. I'll say till you're 18. Um, I mean, they, but, did she go to school? Like I don't. I, they all go to some fake, fake private school somewhere. Being 16 and like... Probably
1: homeschooled or they go to like some fake Malibu school with celebrities. I
0: don't think any 16-year-old girls in my high school were interested in modeling. None of them had fake tits. The ones that were anorexic didn't have like a new shtick uh, the next year. Um, what do you think about all the
1: all the like desperate girls that come from like Brian's Brian's new favorite state of North Dakota? So the hottest girl in high school is probably in, like from a broken home. I'm just going to stereotype now everything. <laughs> she's probably from a broken home or shitty home. There's no not much real prospects for her in town. She's hot. She wants to go to a place where she's more opportunity. And by the way, she thinks she could be a great actress because her high school drama coach told her she's amazing. Right. So she comes to L.A. and she's desperate. Like she's desperate for casting because now she realizes there's 100 200 hot girls for every role she's going for. She's desperate to break in. Either she joins a cult, she joins a cult with Allison back from Smallville, or she gets into like doing titty shots on, on social media to build her social media presence to try and get herself acting jobs, which by the way works in this day and age. Right. But this is different. This is a girl's growth in wealth and opportunity. There's no mention here, Matt, of STEM. Where's, where's STEM? Where's science, technology, engineering, math for this girl being mentioned? This is just straight into like a very soft core version of pornography or prostitution essentially because your fans are largely adult grown men in their boxer shorts somewhere masturbating to your daughter. I just feel like I feel like it's the job of parents to cover up their daughters. And yeah. then it's the job of the wrestler world try to get them to take their clothes off. Someone right, right. someone in this equation has to be the ones who say like you need to like put more clothes on. You gotta put the sweatshirt. go put a sweatshirt on. Stop wearing thongs. You can't wear thongs to take selfies all day long and put them on social media. That seems to me that that's the parents' job, and then there's five million guys out there trying to get into their pants and get them to take their clothes off for photos.
0: I mean, maybe the parents... You know, you don't have to be real bright to be a, a soap actress or, a, a, you know, to be on a show on Showtime. So, Yes. Maybe the parents are just incredibly dull. They thought this was the pinnacle of success. They all—they're—you You know, they live in L.A. They don't travel. They don't go to normal places. They... Somehow, in their warped heads, have got the impression that this is the way you should live your life. You know, they're, um, they're just not—they're
1: not—they're clu- not like we talk about Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber Gerber, whatever his name is. They're really beautiful people. They're probably dumb as rocks. Yeah. And someone they sent their son off at fourteen to go like tra- travel with Ralph Lauren the model. They're probably like going, this is the best opportunity ever for, <laughs> for Presley. His name is Presley. For Presley. So let's send him off with like, you know, just the same, same parents who sent off their kid to the Kevin Spacey party, at, you know, on yeah. up, up Broadway.
0: Or they're, or they're really, mm, you know, they no, have you, a plan. And so they're like, why don't you bank all this money? And then by the time you're 21, you can do whatever you want. But, but they're, so rich, but they're so rich
1: already. The, family, the parents are so rich. I mean, Sidney Crawford and her husband are worth like $150 million. They don't yeah. need their daughter to, they don't need their daughter and their son to be molested and be bank and bank money.
0: No, it doesn't seem plausible. I'm just searching for an explanation of why you know, as a, a person that's done well, why you would think this was a good idea. I mean, if you're from the Ukraine, yes. it's still not a great idea, but I can sort of understand it.
1: Yeah, so the whole village gets together, finds the hottest girl at eight, make sure she isn't raped before she's fourteen so she can go. Go some, it was like a like a sports, Right, go somewhere and send money back to the family. You right. know, like an like like if you're in a, rural, a crappy town in Alabama and there's a kid at 12 who's an amazing basketball player, the whole fucking town gets together, figures out a way to get this kid get this kid into like the, the AAU programs and all the other shit to make money because eventually he's gonna make millions, which is worth more than 800 people in town and buy the family cars and, and, and all the shit like that. You ever see a Kevin Hart's story, by the way, about how he? bought his like dad you know he's not connected to his dad he didn't like his dad his dad was a drug addict but he bought his dad a house when he forgot his first big paycheck mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just bought everyone houses and then he ran out of money and then he had to like tell him he had to sell their houses <laughs> 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 but it's like he was like basically like he went around and he said like every family you know the ones you hated, like what do you want buying it for you like but that's like when you come from that shitty background you know the money is such a big deal yeah. it's so important to so many people but for these people that doesn't no one's counting on these people to make money. This isn't Miley Cyrus. No one needs these kids to make money. It's just disgusting. Just admit it's disgusting. Brian, is it disgusting? Yeah, definitely. Brian, you Gross. were put into uh, some sort of weird Italian modeling center when you were young, weren't you? I don't recall. It must have been before I was creating memories. All right, Brian, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show besides your uh, child uh, pedophilia <laughs> modeling centers? <laughs> Hockey, anything to do with roller hockey. Really not much going. Junior Sport Male um, Sports. You know, I'm still working over at LA Valley College. Uh, they actually their softball season wrapped up, but they, their head coach asked me to announce this uh, high school all-stars games that they're hosting. So, nice. Yeah, uh, moving on down, I guess. And you love your <laughs> you love your week in North Dakota? Oh yeah, for roller hockey nationals. Worked a, a ton of games there. Actually was part of the longest uh roller hockey playoff game in the league's history. Wow. There was, uh, five overtimes before this game between Grand Valley State and Arizona State in Division Two was uh, finally settled. I imagine that was added to a obscure Wikipedia page somewhere. Really after after the game. Yep. <laughs> Matt,
0: what about you? You're you're a busy fella. Yeah. Uh Matt Ralston.net, Twitter at Matthew Ralston. Um, I think that's it. All right, everyone should go to Patreon,
1: P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash last Man on earth. Become a patron of the Last Man on Earth show. Yes. I gotta I gotta cover the I gotta cover uh, Brian's uh, liquor bills. <laughs> 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 it was pink pink and fruity. Pink the the, the the more gay a cocktail the more expensive it is by the way. The
0: Rocco cocktail.
1: <laughs> yes. Now I'm gonna share my real my my quick story on the cocktails, real quick before we go. Uh, I was down in Florida once on spring break when I was in college, and the bunch of us went to like our first cool like guy bar, like real masculine bar, dive bar. You know, all these kids like in Florida, like a real rundown place. And like, there's five of us there, and we all ordered like beer, Someone ordered a whiskey shot. It was like one of the kind of places you got to order something masculine. And my uh, one of my roommates it uh, uh, turned out later on actually was gay. We just kind of made fun of him for being gay. <laughs> what is that? He ordered. This is honestly, God, this happened. He ordered a Tom Collins. <laughs> And the, and the bartender said this. He goes, why don't you just order a lemonade, you faggot? <laughs> <laughs> it's so rude, but I just love that story because it's it was very it was very funny. The actual employee of the restaurant said that to
0: him. That was the moment he realized yes. he was different. Yeah, <laughs> he was different from all those. I right,
1: catch us on Patreon.com, Last Man on Earth, Rocco's, uh, the place to watch a Premier League Soccer. Uh, God for God willing, they'll have roller hockey on here one day as well. Thank you, guys at Rocco's. Last you. man on Earth. Talk to you next week.